Hey, what is going on, everybody, and welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best podcast for students looking to get ahead, but not a good resource for planning the perfect bakery heist. My name is Thomas Frank, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend Martin. Oh, hey there. Maybe planning a bakery heist? I don't know. Only if it's a dope vegan bakery. Like, yeah. I know one, actually. Yeah, so They've obviously and naturally, you're going to steal from them. Yeah. You're going to make a... Well, don't support the businesses you love. Steal from them and force them to close. Exactly. That's what my mom always taught me. Got to make a deposit into your 401k. Get out <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> All right. All right, Dad. What else do we got going on today? (laughs) I've been usurped. I have to leave. I'm sorry. But not sorry enough to take that joke back. Fair. I will leave the podcast forever if need be. Vote with your phones now. Yeah. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about something that I didn't really think I would ever cover on this particular podcast, but it actually, I think, makes sense. We're going to talk about how to grow... Your social media following. Oh, hashtag crush it. Hashtag ballin'. Hashtag cynically, ironically saying hashtags. Yeah. Well, if you Bam. say hashtag crush it all the time on every social media network, you will get a million followers. That's that's the, how it works. That's actually the only, that's the tip. We're that's done. how Gary Vee did it. We're done here. I'm, actually, I haven't said hashtag crush it enough. Always use and a hashtag. I don't have a million followers on Twitter or Instagram or MySpace or LinkedIn. I've been slacking on my hashtags, my crush it's, my hustles, and my never sleeps. Oh, man. So, sleep is for the week. You got to want it sacrifice enough. mental well-being well, for success. Mental if you don't well-being type that is, out, you can't win. Mental well-being is less important than having a number on your social media That's account. That's true. Clearly. That's fair. Hopefully, also clearly, this is sarcasm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that stuff. This is the real part coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep your mental health as your top priority, please. But I wanted to talk about this because I realized that in this podcast's history, we've done uh, a sort of series that really hasn't hasn't like come one after another. It wasn't a sequence of episodes, but throughout the past oh, 100 or so, I think, we have done an episode on how to start a blog, how to start a YouTube channel, how to start a podcast, and how to become a published author and also how to become a published, not published, how to become a public speaker. So we kind of have this quintfecta, which I'm just going to make up as a word right now. That's, sure. It's a quintfecta. All right. Of episodes on essentially becoming a, if not public figure, doing the things that get you public attention. Yeah. Building like a media following for yourself and your ideas. And the only thing we really haven't covered in that realm is how to grow your social media following. Which is and funny. I feel like a lot of, like, for a lot of shows, maybe that would be the first thing that they would think to do. I think it would be the first you know? thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of students out there, for personal reasons, want to know how to do this. But um, there are also career development reasons why you would want to grow a social media following. The more people who follow you, I mean, you have social proof that is helping out your professional image for better or for worse. Uh, But you also have more connections, more career opportunities, more people who are seeing your work and who may be able to connect you with people that you can work with down the road. There's a lot you can do there. And I also got inspired to do this episode because you recently passed 1,000 followers on your Instagram. true. And I I feel like I was trying to catch an anti-gravity knife 
because you're now at what, like 1,300, 1,400? I'm at like 1,305 maybe. Yeah, so like in the past, I don't know, Somewhere five days since I decided to do this episode, you somehow picked up 300 followers. That is true. <laughs> I don't know. With that uh, quality content brought to you by James Qual. James Qual. Yeah. Um, also for the YouTube audience, my hair is weird because I'm going to go get a haircut, so I didn't put anything in it. Usually I put like skunk mucus in my hair to keep it all nice and look good. That does sound good. That is, yeah. Is it fair trade skunk music, mucus? Yeah, of course it is. It's not like a skunk do, sweatshop here. Do These they get are like paid? well-treated skunks. Okay. And That's they're just, good. they're ones that are like, they're in the infirmary, they have a cold, so they sneeze and they just collect it. And then they let them go when they're when they're healed. There's no business profit motive in this. It's just yeah, there is. There's keeping skunks sick. <laughs> Hashtag There's a conspiracy sick. here. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but I need to get a haircut because I hate it when the sides of my hair get all. I don't know what the word is. When they like stick start, out. St- yeah, they start making little tiny yeah. wings or something. Yeah, I, I hate that. I don't like it. It's I awful. It. So I need to just like I don't know. I, I need to have a person who just comes to my house every day and just like shaves the sides of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Preferably in my sleep, so I don't have to waste time on it. Yeah. That's the worst thing about haircuts. Anyway, so question number one, why grow a social media following? Why post on Instagram, Martin? Especially, I mean, this is a great question for you because you're the kind of person who doesn't seem to care about oh, the internet. Oh, that's true. I do not care about the internet. Ironically, since you work on the internet. Yeah, the internet provides me my life. Build the and internet. And yet, my phone is upstairs because I don't care about it or any of the things on it or the internet or the things... And uh, so it was, I almost felt ashamed to admit I got an Instagram, <laughs> you know, because I was like, this is so anti-me. You did look I less was, than enthused when you first announced it on the podcast. I felt like I was caving on something important, you know? But you know what? When you announce things that you've done on the podcast, it's usually quite nonchalant. Like, by the way, I got engaged, I guess. That's not important. That's because that's I don't care what anybody <laughs> thinks about it. I, I just don't. All right. So as a person who doesn't seem to care what people think, why start an Instagram in the first place? So and why be so gung ho about posting every day? So yeah, those are those two things. Uh, the first one, I started an Instagram because I really like photography. I like my photography. I've been doing it for a couple years now because I started when I injured my hands, and it was one of the few things I could still do. Mm. So it like gave me an outlet for creative stuff, and I think I've been getting a lot better since then. I've got some pretty cool photos that I'm, I'm proud of now and the nighttime flower is the best yeah i like i like that one because it reminds me so much of the book uh the girl who fell beneath fairyland and led the rebels there like that the, that picture would be a good like i don't know that's my fan art version of a, of a photo <laughs> there you go it's a fan photo i haven't read that book but it reminds me of like it kind of reminds me of the movie avatar i haven't seen that well, at night on the planet in Avatar, there's all of these glowing flowers oh, okay, and plants cool. and things like that. So it reminds me a lot of that. Yeah. But so I, I'm liking my photography. And, you know, I used to do music and stuff. And I never felt weird sharing that because the thing is I'm creating something. And I want to, like, share it. Not necessarily for gain, but to just share it. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is... I would really like to just do some sort of cool photo work. It would be cool if, like, a botanic garden or somewhere was like, hey, we want you to do this. And I'd be like, okay, that sounds fun. I just like a challenge. Like, I liked Mm. taking photo classes because I'd get homework, and I'd be like, ooh, how am I going to do that? It's not even really, like, any payment or recognition. It's more like I want a challenge, something fun to do with it that serves a purpose. Yeah, it's fun. And 
whether I like it or not, one cannot get anywhere doing something if they do not admit to anyone in public that they do it. If yes, no one knows that I take photos and no <laughs> one can see any of my photos and then I refuse to tell anyone, then there is no way that I will ever get to do that kind of work with somebody without just saying, hey, complete, trust me, I'm just some random dude. I don't really want to show you my stuff. That's a, you know, I, it's, I don't want to, but work with me. And you can't make connections. Wait a minute. So is this why I've never gotten any fans for my secret black metal band where we record on cassette tapes and then immediately burn just, them right you, afterwards? You like throw one into the ocean in a, in a floating container and you're like, someone... We no get fans. This. No one's found our burnt yeah. tape recordings and somehow reconstructed them and then listened to our music. Yeah. It baffles me. It's just like, you know, like I hate self uh, sort of advertisement. I don't, I don't like it because I just don't like to do that. I don't like to do things that don't feel humble. <laughs> yeah. And I don't care that much about making people like what I'm doing. But if I don't admit it or share it or do anything with it, I simply cannot grow. Yeah. I cannot get the challenge. And so then I was like, to get past my stubborn, uh, withdrawn self, I will do 30 days where I post one photo every single day. And now I've done like 120, 130, 140, something way past 100. And it's We're not to day, 200. Right? Yeah, it's every single day. I haven't missed one. Because now I'm like, I kind of just, I like it. It's a challenge now. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. It's a challenge because I, I feel like now that I have these many this many followers... I want to post something every day consistently. I don't want to be like, well, thanks for following. Anyway, I'm done with photography. <laughs> and so yeah. I have to be like, oh, man, I'm running out of photos on Tuesday. I got to go get like six really cool ones. So then I'll go like spend an hour or two wandering around, yeah, like holding my breath for an ordinate amount of times to take really careful shots mm-hmm. in the heat, probably dangerously. That'll be safer in the fall. I'm excited. And it will also be safer when you're not in the Utah desert. Yeah. Dealing with 100 Yeah, I definitely am going to pass out if I keep doing that in dangerous places. But that's basically it. I want to do stuff with photography, and I want to grow and challenge myself. Mm -hmm. And some things are hard to grow and challenge yourself with if you're just alone. Yeah. Like, I need other people to prompt me to grow. And it would be easy for someone to say, well, you could just keep challenging yourself. You could, I don't know, look at... Is Ansel Adams a photographer? Yeah, yeah. You could look at an Ansel Adams photo and challenge yourself to recreate something like that. But it's fun to, one, have your work recognized by somebody that you admire, whether it's an institution or another artist, and two, be able to work with other people who are doing the same things that you're doing or who could, I don't know, give you an avenue to share with even more people. That's just fun. Yeah. So I could see why you would want to do that, even though you could technically just try to take more and more difficult photos on your own. Well, and it's got a real, like... The daily thing is so helpful for this because it's got an actual deadline. So if I'm like, I'm going to go recreate an Ansel Adams photo, but I'm not going to show anyone, I could do it next week. The weather doesn't look that great outside. I'll just, and then I just keep pushing it off. I have nothing prompting me to do it because one, it's a big project. I'm Mm -hmm. now challenging myself to recreate one of the most like famous landscape photographers. Yeah. And then I'm not, I don't have any real deadlines that matter. It's only to me. No one knows. No one can keep me accountable. But with Mm -hmm. this, I was like one for 30 days. So it wasn't overwhelming. I thought I could quit in a month if I wanted to. Yeah. And not every photo will be my greatest photo. That can't possibly happen. Mm -hmm. So there's not as much pressure as if I was like, I'm going to post one best photo of all time every week. I would would quit after week like one because there's so much pressure. But now I'm just like, here's a photo. I think it's pretty cool. 
and yeah, there's a low pressure and high accountability, and well, that's it, it kind of really reminds helpful. me uh, of that Ira Glass quote, which I now need to Google because I feel like we should read it out on the podcast. Because um, you know, I was thinking like you you've been doing this every day, so obviously you're not trying to go out and find the perfect photo, but despite that there have been a couple of photos I think that are really spectacular on your Instagram. I'm specifically thinking of the one with the ant perched on what looks like a giant precipice, but it's actually just a flower. And then the nighttime one. And there's a lot of other really great ones. Those two are my like favorites. Those two are, I think are your best work. And so if they're your favorites, that's also pretty cool. But those came as a result of you doing consistent work every day. And the problem is a lot of the photography stuff is like patience and luck. Yeah. I need True. It. You can't I like didn't make pick it up an ant and just put it on there and be like, stay on the flower, mm-hmm. look in the flower, and don't move. I had to like be really, really patient and wait and yeah. and observant, you know? It's so it's hard. If I don't do it every day, I will never find those good shots. That's true. A lot of photography is just serendipity. Because, I mean, it's it's the process it's like, of capturing life. You need the technical skill to use the camera, the vision, the patience, and the ability to observe. Mm-hmm. That's it. I can't control what nature does. Yeah. Like, if, if I was painting it, I could paint the ant wherever I want, you know? But one of the challenges of photography, it's easier to click a button and now the whole all the art's there, you know? Right. But I don't get to control what it is. Nope. That Yeah, that's the push and pull there. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good point, that social media can give you a sort of accountability device to keep yourself consistent. And if you want to grow as an artist or even a professional, that's what you need to do. And I I really want to read this quote. I don't even know if I've read this entirely in a video before. Uh, I mentioned it, but I think it bears reading. So this is from Ira Glass, who is the host of This American Life, one of the most successful podcasts of all time. And uh, I think he said this at a conference because it's a little bit disjointed. It's not written down, but it goes like this. Nobody tells this to people who are beginners, and I wish somebody told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there's this gap. For the first couple of years, you make stuff, and it's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that got you into the game, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. A lot of people never get past this phase. They quit. Most people I know who do interesting creative work went through years of this. We know our work doesn't have this special thing that we want it to have. We all go through this. And if you are just starting out or you're still in this phase, you've got to know that it's normal and the most important thing you can do is do a lot of work. You put yourself on a deadline so that every week you will finish one story. It is only by going through a volume of work that you will close that gap and your work will be as good as your ambitions. And I took longer to figure out how to do this than anyone I've ever met. It's going to take a while. It's normal to take a while. You've just got to fight your way through. And I think that's what you're doing. You're yeah. kind of like fighting your way through this process of of trying to have something to publish every single day. And along the way, you end up with a few photos that are really, really special. Yeah. And I think that the just the format of social media for this particular kind of project is a really good source of accountability mm-hmm. because I don't need to go out of my way to interrupt somebody's day to show them the work. You, yeah. f- you follow me. You see the work if you want. If you don't want, that's whatever. I'm still posting one tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't have to keep going out and saying, look at my stuff. Look at my stuff. Everybody look at my stuff because yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. I would quit that too. But yeah. with social media, it's kind of it's a built in. It's a, just a part of the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I found kind of the same thing. 
And I don't know if this is going to work for everyone out there because I think everyone is different and everyone's motivated by different things. But I have always been motivated by the act of elevating the importance of my work or even my daily habits beyond just its benefit to myself. So for example, when I was in MIS 330, which is everyone's favorite trivia, you know, marathon information systems class where you have to memorize processor names and things like that. Um, I found a way to share my notes that I took in class. So every class I'd come in, I would take my bullet style notes in Evernote, but then I would generate a public share note to that. And I can't remember exactly how I did it. It might've been like collegeinfogeek.com slash MIS notes or something that won't work anymore. I guarantee it. Uh, it was probably something different, but I posted in the class Blackboard, hey, if anyone needs to get the notes and missed a class or something, I take them, I make them public. And by doing that, I felt like I was responsible for more than just my own success when I was taking notes. So I took more thorough notes in that class. And when I post, say, my cycling on Instagram, or I post that I'm you know, sticking to my habits, I feel more accountable and I feel more pressure to keep up on them. I don't think everyone's gonna feel that. I don't even know if you feel that, but it does work for me. I don't know if it's, like, it's cool to me when people wanna, when they ask what kind of camera and stuff I'm using, and mm-hmm. they're like, this is this is cool, I kinda wanna try. That's cool, but it's not like my purpose. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's <clears throat> as directly motivating. Like, exercise is clearly motivating, because everybody should be doing that. Yes, yes they should. Uh, so go exercise and listen to this podcast while you do. So to answer the question, why grow social media following for you? It's a great way to develop as an artist and to maintain consistency. Um, you can have greater career opportunities. So you mentioned the potential of maybe the gardens reaching out and having you participate as a photographer in a project, you know, they would never know about you unless you were growing a following. Yeah. I don't want to use myself as an example because what we've done is basically build an entire business on content creation and social media. So to use a more real world example, I suppose, or a more grounded example, my friend Ryan Newen, who was on episode 26 of this podcast, he had just a, a small blog about succeeding in medical school back when we were both college students. And I don't think that he ended up turning that into a media company, but he was able to use that in addition to some other work that he had done to get accepted into several medical schools, even though his grades weren't perfect. Cause cool. grades were actually quite a bit lower than a lot of the other applicants, but he was accepted to a lot of the schools that he applied to because he had this additional portfolio and he was able to show like, Hey, I've been growing this following where I've been sharing my experiences and helping other people with their own medical school journey. So growing your social media following means that you have more visible or, you know, more eyes on the work that you're doing. And a lot of people just see that as more important. Uh, and there's also, you know, the simple the simple uh, act of becoming famous. That's true. So you got to get famous. If you want to become famous, then grow your social media following. Uh, so let's talk about how to actually grow your social media following. This is the question that everyone's asking. How do I get more followers on my MySpace and my Zanga blog? Well, first, I want to list a couple of things that you should not do. You should not ask people to sub for sub or follow for follow or any sort of like reciprocal stupid tactics 
where you're just trying to grow your following because you follow other people. And on a related note, you should also not use auto follow bots that will go through and follow people automatically and then unfollow them two days later if they don't follow you back. These tactics are for chumps. They are for people who have nothing cool to show or who are not patient enough to, like you're doing, keep doing the work and grow consistently. Yeah, and those followers aren't real. What do they care about yeah. the things you're posting? They're not real, right? So when you do a whole sub for sub thing or if you program a bot to do it, you are engaging in a reciprocity play. Like we talked about on the, uh, I think this was the social proof. Was there actually a full reciprocity episode that we did? I think it's one. It was of, a major component of an episode. I don't remember if it was its own episode now. Okay, it's one of the weapons of influence episodes we did. I think there's like six of those. Uh, one of those has reciprocity discussed in it, which we'll have in the show notes. But essentially, the concept of reciprocity is pretty simple. When you do something for someone else, there's like this inherent biological need to return the favor. My favorite example of this is the gag in the office where Dwight starts doing favors for people in the office because he wants to like cultivate <laughs> favors so he can get Jim fired. And uh, Andy is like also like Dwight, so he immediately does a favor back and they get into like a favor war. Yeah. And it's amazing. Nobody I love wants it. to be in favor debt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you do a favor for me? Thank you, note immediately. So that's what you're doing. You're not actually getting followers who are interested in your work, you're mostly going to be targeting people who are trying to do the same thing you're doing. You know, it's like, hey, I'm an internet rapper and I'm going to use an auto follow boat and all my followers are other internet rappers also using follow bots. And they're all just trying to get me to look at their SoundCloud. Nobody's looking at my SoundCloud. No yeah. one's going to look at your SoundCloud that way. And I feel like you don't get to measure how your growth is actually coming when you've got to be like, okay, okay, the numbers are big, right? But I need mm -hmm. to discount like 90% of that. So where am I really? Yeah. Now there's going to be people out there who are like, you're forgetting, bro, that when you have a big follower account, you have social proof. So it's worth it. That's true. And you know what? You have a point to a degree, but I think that's a really cynical point. And it just, it shows that you have a lack of patience and that you aren't putting the priority on making good work and doing some of the more authentic things that we're gonna talk about here. Making real connections with people. At the end of the day, your follower count is the least important component of social media. It's the actual connections, interactions you have that matter. You know, it's, it's people looking at your work and actually appreciating it, or you changing someone's life through what you have to share. Yeah. Your opinions or your experiences, the things that you put out there. So, to drive the point home, the number one key is authenticity, right? You want to build your social media following the exact same way that a speaker would build their following or a comedian would build their following. You bring something to the table that people want to follow. And I think there's two key components to this. Number one, you have to share something people want, right? So you're sharing good photography and you're spending well, for in your case, you're probably spending like 99% of your time actually doing the work. 
This is true. I didn't even turn on an Instagram business account because I thought the analytics would distract me from the work. Yeah. So and we is, could talk about the business accounts, but... That, that could easily so, be worth it, though. I'm not discounting the value of the analytics. Yeah. And when you read advice on this, you're probably going to see things like the 80-20 principle thrown around. Spend 80% of your time on content creation and 20% of your time on promotion. You get some people like Derek Halpern who will be like, no, flip it on its head. Spend 20% of your time creating and 80% of your time on promotion of the things you already created but i think you should hone your craft spend most of your time honing your craft and in your case it's like 99 percent because i think all you do is post a photo post like a one sentence caption and yeah move on with your life and That's, you know maybe you're well i gotta to think comments. about how i'm gonna have a photo for tomorrow i don't you know exactly i'll reply to comments eventually that just <laughs> I, I let those pile up first until they become a giant anxiety like nightmare and then I do them all at once. Oh hey, me too. That's my strategy. <laughs> I try to reply it's to comments. It's definitely on purpose. <laughs> but it's hard. Yeah. So here's the here's the big thing. You have to number 1 have something people want to follow, but you also have to build the expectation that there's more to come. I mean, how many times have you seen a stupid viral video on YouTube that has 70 million views, but it's like a cat that barks like a dog and also rides a tricycle or something. That does sound adorable. It does sound adorable, but usually like the video is 30 seconds long, it ends, and there's absolutely no expectation that that channel is gonna bring you anything similar in the future. So yeah, the like channel usually wonder. has like 300 subscribers for a 70 million view video, which is crazy. Meanwhile, you know, my videos get, I don't know, 100K, but I have 1.1 million subscribers because I say, hey, there's going to be new videos every week on these topics you guys care about. If you liked this, then you should probably subscribe because there's going to be more. Yeah. So you have to somehow build the expectation that there's going to be more on a consistent basis. Now, one thing I see people doing that I think is a mistake is trying to build this expectation before they get into the content. So anybody that I see on YouTube who starts their video with, you know, what's up? It's your boy, Dirk Diggler. And <laughs> Dirk Diggler. And uh, before we get into today's video, I just want you guys to smash that like button and make sure you subscribe to this channel because I'm doing daily vlogs every single day of me eating cereal. Like, don't ask for people to do something before you've delivered the value. Always ask for the subscription or the follow or whatever it is afterwards. You need to give, 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 and then ask later. It's like Gary Vee's jab, 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 right hook concept. You need to be giving something with no expectation of anything in return for quite a while. And then at the end, once you've built up the trust and you've built up maybe some reciprocity in the audience, then ask for something. And at first it should be something that is just going to continue to deliver to the audience. So asking for a subscription doesn't cost the audience member anything and it's giving them something. It's like, hey, you're gonna get something every single week from now on as long as you subscribe or follow me or whatever. You're not asking for a sale. Yeah. I don't think you should ask for a sale for quite a while. You wanna build up trust first. So those are the two big things. Good content on a consistent basis and building the expectation in the eyes of your audience that more is on the way. You have to communicate that, but don't communicate it up front, otherwise you look desperate. Yeah, I mean, if you start a brand new video and you're like trying to sell a course, but nobody's ever seen a video from you before, nobody's following you. Yep. Like, oh, well, they're just really trying to sell out as fast as possible. And well, that was the laziest attempt I've ever seen. You want to know one of the smartest ways I've seen of selling a course? 
and I, I've shown this to you, but for the benefit of the audience, my friend Charlie and his partner Ben over at Charisma on Command, they have this really big YouTube channel, 1.7 million subscribers at this point, where they do these awesome videos on charisma and social skills and confidence and things like that. So a lot of times at the end of a video where you've just spent like 12 minutes watching them break down, say, The Rock's confidence, or here's how Chris Pratt gets a laugh out of everybody, or all these kind of things. They're really, really insightful, really good. You don't feel like they're holding anything back. Then at the end of the video, Charlie will just be like, hey, if you wanna if you wanna know the four uh, most important factors to making a good first impression, click here. You click there, you enter your email, and you instantly get this video where he's breaking down the four factors that make a great, uh, great first impression. And this video is very useful as well. I went through the process, I watched the video, and even though I know, because I've been in business for eight years, this is clearly a funnel that I'm getting into, there's gonna be a sell at some point, the video itself was really, really good. And I think it was like 65-ish percent of the way into the video, a button shows up on the screen, and then at the end of the video, he's like, if you liked this, you can buy the first module of our course for like 25 bucks. And they have like a much more expensive course, but it was like, you can get the first module for 25 bucks if you thought this was good. So the video on YouTube was the first stage of the funnel, right? And it was all this great content. And then the first ask wasn't for you to buy anything. It was for you to go watch this other video. And if you liked that, then they're asking for the sale. So it was this nice process of easing people into it, consistently delivering value the entire way. And they've been very successful with it. Uh, it's not something that we've done because I still don't wanna sell expensive courses, but I think it's very, very smart and for their demographic, it makes sense. So those are the first things there. Don't don't beg for likes or, or follows right away. <laughs> okay, so given that, let's start to talk about some of the individual tactics that you can use to start growing your following. Um, a couple of the things I've noticed is that, and this is something you don't do, so I wanna preface this up front, Social media tactics do not work for everyone. And some people can ignore them and still do just fine. For example, you only post finished photos. This is true. You never post like a behind the scenes, like I've taken a zillion photos of you taking photos and you've never said, hey, can I post one of those up to like I, get people I put over stuff the like shoulder? that in my stories every once in a while, okay, but I don't, I want a really consistent, like yeah. as if it were my portfolio. You're using Instagram a as a portfolio. Yeah. Um, so you could take that view and say like, I'm an artist, my portfolio is going to be nothing but my work. And another good example of somebody who does this, who you should go follow or look at is a guy on Instagram. I think he goes by the handle Matt Shirley and we'll have it in the show notes, but it's like Matt, but then it's like the word sure, S-U-R-E and then L-E-E. His okay. last name is okay. Shirley, but I'm guessing that okay. somebody already had like the actual spelling of Shirley. So he just does comedic whiteboard charts every day. Okay. So it'll be like, I don't know, um, Sunday afternoon in one chart. And it's just like, actually, you know, probability that you're actually going to get work done as time goes on. <laughs> going all the oh, way okay. down. Okay. Uh, episodes of The Office watched and just going up and to the right, things like that. And he does, I think he does a chart a day and his Instagram is nothing but that. Or you could look at somebody like Lewis Howes who often posts behind the scenes photos. He often posts like really well composed 
photos of himself doing things with, you know, almost like blog post level captions. And sometimes he'll just like post a photo of a tweet because he has like a multifaceted strategy. So the multifaceted strategy can be something that can be very useful for growing, especially if you're the kind of person who doesn't uh, do work that you could post every day. So for example, you can post a photo every day. This is, this is doable. Yes. I cannot post a video every day. No, that would be insane. And Anna cannot post a finished piece of artwork every day unless no. she were doing like speed paints. But the kind of things that she's doing requires like a detailed sketch and then a detailed uh, illustrator drawing like yeah, over there top are, of it. There are a lot of layers right. that need to be done first. Again, content quality is paramount. So you can't sacrifice the quality of your content just to go daily. I think there's a sweet spot where you can't be perfectionist and say like, I'm gonna make one drawing a year because then you'll never get good. But you have to figure out like, what is the sweet spot for my medium in terms of, of you know, done frequency and if that's not enough for social media, maybe find something to do in the interim. Yeah. So for Anna, maybe posting sketches or posting um, recommendations, the tools and techniques that she uses to help people out. For me, it's like, I actually listed this out for my Instagram. I have several different purposes for my photos. So some are designed to motivate other people. So anytime I post like fitness stuff, my intention is to get other people uh, energized and convince them to go out and work out themselves or do some physical activity or to inform. So sometimes I will post a photo of myself working and I'll say, here's a technique that I use for being more productive or here's how I get writing done or here's the tool I use for answering DMs. Um, asking questions. So this is a great way of engaging your audience. I remember I posted a photo. It was literally just like a pretty low effort selfie with yeah. a hat on. And yep. I just put the caption, where y'all from? Yep. And got, I, I think like a thousand comments, whereas a normal photo will get anywhere from like 10 to 20 usually. And I think like people love getting the opportunity to talk back. And you need to view social media like this. I mean, maybe you view yours as purely a portfolio, but I see you respond to comments I've, sometimes. I've asked, if, occasionally I'll have a question that goes along with it. So, okay, if you wanna build your following, yes, you could say I'm gonna be an artist and maybe like you're so good at art or whatever art it is that people are gonna follow you. Like at the end of the day, top talent is gonna get following, is gonna get a following just by the virtue of how good it is. So yeah. let's put that aside for a second. For everyone else, social media is designed to be social. It is in the name. It is right in the name. You know, this is especially true on some place like Twitter, but even on Instagram. Give people a way to talk back. You know, and when you have a smaller following, you actually may have to go out and engage that yourself off of your content. So if you've got like 10 followers on Instagram right now, you're not gonna be getting a bunch of comments on your own photos. So you should be following other people, both bigger artists out there or bigger people, but also people who are at your level. Engage with them, comment yeah. on their photos, you know, use the functions of the app that you're using don't just post your own work and hope that people are going to engage with it. You have to be an active participant on both ends of the process. Um, but with your own content, you can ask questions and solicit feedback from people. Uh, I also like to do behind the scenes and over the shoulder content. And I think these are kind of different. So behind the scenes is sort of like a, 
here's how the sausage is made kind of thing. So we posted a photo maybe last week where the camera was behind all the podcast cameras so people could kind of see the set. I just wanted to show like, oh, yeah. here's what the camera setup looks like. Here's what you actually, or what we see when we're recording a podcast episode. And then over the shoulder content is kind of like, here's how I actually do something. So I think behind the scenes is kind of like a glimpse or maybe like you say got to go behind the curtains at the Panic at the Disco concert last night and see like how they're doing everything. Whereas over the shoulder would be like getting to see somebody write a song and having them talk you through the process. So I think those are both good things for me to post. And maybe someday you could be like, here's a story about how I actually compose a photo or here's how I select my subjects, something like that. I think people would really engage with that. Um, telling a story, sharing struggles, celebrating wins. Uh, I found that celebrating wins actually gets a lot of engagement, which is probably because- What do you mean, like wins in what sense? Like, I remember the first time I saw my book on a bookstore shelf. I posted okay, a photo so of that. like not like just wins in general, not like yeah. social media wins. You know, like you post like, "Hey, I got three billion followers." Like that's one type of win, but you also mean any kind of win, just yeah. Regular you know, life wins. You don't want to be posting it all the time, and I'm I'm the kind of person who is concerned about looking like I'm bragging, which is why anytime I learn something cool, I always tell Anna, and I always like I can't help but tell my family. Like I figured out how to do this cool editing technique, and they don't care. But then, but then like I'll go on TV or something and I'll forget to tell them because I'm just like, oh, they don't want to hear about that. They don't want to hear that yeah. I was on TV. Who cares about that? Uh, but people, people actually do like to see those things. So celebrating your wins can be good. Um, and we actually have, I forgot to mention this. We have a Discord server now, which oh, you yeah. can find at collegeinfogeek.com slash Discord. We have a achievements channel in there which oh, cool. I didn't have that at first, but people suggested it. They were like, hey, we want to have an achievements channel where we can just go in and post a win that we had. So we can just kind of see what other people are That's doing. That's a cool idea. Celebrate each other's wins. Uh, and then, so this, this isn't content, but interacting with other people. So answering DMs, answering comments, um, calling people out in your content. So saying like, hey, this person that I follow gave me the inspiration to take this photo or they're the one who suggested that I get this backpack and I love it so much. Things like that. Just, you know, being social on social media. And if you if you watch any of Gary Vaynerchuk's content, he will tell you the reason that he has millions of followers on Twitter is because he spent like two straight years answering every single tweet. Maybe sometimes it's just an emoji, but people appreciate being acknowledged. They just do. Yeah. And I do remember this was this was when I was like nobody online. I had very little following. I was following Gary Vee and he, he put up a tweet that just said, what can I do for you? And everyone was just like, retweet my blog, man, or send me money or something like that. And I just put breakdance <laughs> as like a joke. Oh, yeah. And he sent me a video and he was like, this is for you, Tom. And he broke, he looked like some breakdancing <laughs> in his office. It wasn't very good. I'm sorry, Gary. Your breakdancing is a little bit lacking, but I appreciate <laughs> the effort and I was very happy and pretty ecstatic for the rest of the day that I got a tweet from Gary V that had a video in it. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so do those things. Um, is there anything that you've noticed from, from what you've been doing other than just consistency that has helped? I think that... Well, I like the consistency, obviously, because I think it does build the expectation, mm. you know. And, and I started the thing with 
with uh, the whole page filled out. So I started with 12. Meaning you uploaded 12 at once? I uploaded 12 on day one. Oh, okay. That way, when people went to the account, they would immediately see a good example mm. of what they could expect. Because if it was just one photo, they'd be like, okay, well, is he going to do this tomorrow? I don't really know. So I just want to fill out. I want you to immediately get a feel. Because what if you don't like flowers, you know? Then all the flower pictures don't matter. But what if you see yeah. the insect? What if you see something else? So I did that. And I don't know. I really think that just making an effort to keep it consistent has been working mm -hmm. well for me. And that way, when you look at the channel, you know exactly what you're going to get from it. So yeah. okay. there's that. And then there is, in the beginning, I was actually making use of hashtags and stuff to try to get, because I figured out that, well, I didn't think I could find a better way to get people to see me on Instagram without just like spamming the link everywhere else that I had any sort of presence. Yeah. So there's this site, Display Purposes or Display Purpose. I don't remember whether it's plural or not, but it lets you put in some hashtags, you know, like we were just in Utah. So if I put in like Moab, Utah, Arches National Park, and then it will show you a bunch of suggested tags to go along with each of those. Oh, okay. It will show you how popular those tags are and yeah. how relevant it thinks they are to your post. Mm -hmm. So at least in the beginning, I was really trying to strategize more with this yeah. because you know, starting with like 10 followers, you got to do something. Right. You got to do something extra. Otherwise, it's going to take a while. Because if you use a hashtag, then you show up on the hashtags page. And yeah. one thing Instagram's done recently is let you follow hashtags. Yeah. So I follow a hashtag for my car because I'm a nerd. So even though I don't follow people, I see like cool car pictures in my feed. Yeah. So one of the things that I think was most useful there is, so you've got the, you've got some that are really, really, really popular. Yeah. Those are kind of useful to hashtag occasionally, you know, like uh, insect. But that's like a, there like are so many people posting to that that your yeah. photo will be just – it's old within like a second. You yep. refresh the page, you can't even find your stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. So I liked the Display Purposes website because I could be like, this one, it's relatively popular, but it's not nearly as big as this one. So this one might actually be a better place to, to like target yeah, my yeah. stuff because people have a higher likelihood of actually seeing it. There are a lot of followers over here, but if they're so inundated with posts, they can't see mine, then it doesn't really matter that their numbers are higher. Yeah. I don't know what a good threshold should be, but maybe try to target hashtags that are less than a million posts, but maybe more than, say, a 1,000. So you want to find a hashtag like people actually are yeah. using, because if you just make one up... Oh, no, that then, isn't going to work. You know, unless it was like... I made up CIG 30 day for like a fitness challenge, but that was like, I want people to use that. Well, and you so were telling people specifically about that hashtag right. and, you know, but if you're sense. trying to grow, then that's not going to work. You need to use no. a hashtag that people actually do look at, but not one that, like you said, has zillions of posts being sent every yeah. second. Oh, also this one's a little unique, but I also generally, when I have the time, I translate my main ha hashtag. So like Ooh, if it's an okay. insect, I have like insect, insect, insecto, mushi, the whole the whole thing that's smart like that's in, really in smart. the various languages I am interested in because then I can get to places that maybe don't have as many people yeah. hashtagging in their language mm -hmm. and also it's kind of part of my personal brand anyway yeah it like is. that I, I love and study those languages and because of that I do have some followers and I get some I've got a comment in Japanese I get I get some oh, stuff nice. and 
I don't think that that would happen if I wasn't making it blatantly clear yeah. that I can at least to some degree understand what people might say to me. Yeah, that's actually really smart. Uh, so one idea that I have, and I'll be honest, my hashtag strategy is is pretty basic. I will just, I will make up hashtags just off the top of my head. I don't do research, but then when the suggestions pop up, if I notice the one that I picked was really popular, I'll try to pick another one of the suggested ones. That's maybe like, I don't know, 50,000 posts or not a million. Uh, but I think if, if you have the kind of content that maybe repeats themes quite often, like for you, you have a lot of pictures of flowers, a lot of pictures of insects, a lot of pictures of plants and things like that. I think you could maybe spend a day or two doing some hardcore uh, yeah. hashtag research, creating like a personal database of hashtags, and then creating little groupings of them. I definitely and you don't want to spam like the same ones. Copy paste. If you spam the same hashtags on every post, I think you can get banned because they'll see you as a spammer. But yeah. if you had like just a well-researched list of your hashtags that you could pull from and say like, I'm going to grab five or 10 of those that are different every time that I have them ready, then that could help you out. Yeah. One thing I wanted to note that I noticed recently, so there's um, there's a girl on Instagram, I think her name's Allie, and her handle's Anti-Parallally. She's like a motorcycle uh, photographer girl. And I noticed a couple of the hashtags that she uses in her posts, she will use them in a lot of her posts, and they're fairly big hashtags. She's, she's not the only one posting in them, but when you go to that hashtag, a lot of it is her. So I feel like that could be an interesting strategy where you could find a hashtag that's big enough that people will probably follow it, but not big enough that uh, you have, or you know, it's small enough that you have the ability to sort of dominate it if you can post quite often. Huh. And I can't remember which hashtag it was, but I remember clicking through one of them and I was like, oh, that's actually, a lot of them are her. So that could be a good way to grow. And she's got, I think, 90,000 followers. So that she's is doing a, that's a fair amount. Pretty decently on Instagram, yeah. Um, one thing I noticed a long time ago on Taylor Swift's feed is she will have these amazingly well-composed, well-lit concert photos that are so glamorous and they'll get a million, 1.5 million likes, you know, jump change. And then she'll just post like a grainy selfie with her dog and get 2 million, 3 million likes. Yeah. So at least on Instagram, and I think on Twitter as well, there is a lot of value in doing things that sort of give people like a little bit of behind the scenes look that are a little bit more candid and interspersing those in with your more polished content can just make you seem more human and help people connect with you. Yeah, I think personality mm -hmm. is so important yes. to like success. Like you can build an entire brand off nothing but your personality now because like yeah. YouTube and everything, you could just, I have nothing consistent to say, but you like me and what I'm going to say. So mm -hmm. here we go. And that, that totally functions as various YouTube channels. and Exactly, yeah. So a lot of people are building their followings completely off of their expertise on a topic. But that means you live and die by your topic. Yeah. You know? But if you are funny or people just like your personality, then they're probably going to like, they're going to come back every single time. They're going to like, well, I don't care that it's a photo of a flower. I only like acorn photos, actually. But I like Martin's captions. So I want to see what he wrote. Well, that's part of why we have like video here, because it yeah. can feel like people are like hanging out with us in the yeah. room when they listen to it. Because they're so long. It kind of feels like you're part of the conversation a mm -hmm. little bit. And video adds to that. That's part of the reasoning behind it. Yeah, I think the, the personality is, is crucial for a podcast because we're talking for an hour.
Yeah. But even on social media, I think it's pretty important. Uh, so look for opportunities to be candid, but don't let those dominate your feed. Those should be like a once in a while thing because your good work should be the thing that people think of when they think of your feed, right? Or, they, or whatever you're known for. If you're known for inspiration like Lewis Houses, then that should be like the most of what people see. If yeah. you're known for, you know, productivity advice, then on YouTube, it should be what you people see for the most part. Uh, all right. So some general tips that I wrote down here. Consistency is important. We talked about that. Uh, understand algorithms. So maybe if you really want to grow, do a little bit of research on how the algorithm for your particular social network of choice works. So, you know, in terms of YouTube, that algorithm is always changing. At, you know, a while ago, it's, it was favoring 10 minute videos. So maybe you want to do longer videos because watch time is important and watch time is still very important. Uh, I can't tell you what the algorithms want, but if you know how they work, then you may be able to sort of tailor your content or maybe time things more advantageous, advantageously, is yeah. that a word? Yep. So like for Instagram, um, I have read that it can be a good idea to figure out when your audience typically logs in and sees things and then try to post around that time because that way more of your audience is going to see it. They're going to interact with it. And that will hopefully show the algorithm that people like this post and it will show it to more people Yeah, because it's no longer a chronological timeline. And I know some people out there are mad about that, but I kind of like it because it just, it just is like a more of a meritocracy thing. If it's a total chronological timeline, then that means like if people follow a bunch of other people, then like every single person you follow makes your following of me worth less. Yeah. But if I post really good stuff and you like it, then I'm going to show up more. Like I follow a bunch of people, but there's always a few people who show up at the top of my feed and who show up in stories. And they're like the first one I click. So focus on really good content and see how the algorithms work. And you should be able to, you know, hopefully take advantage of those a little bit. Uh, we talked a little bit about asking for subscriptions, asking for follows, things like that. So, these are called calls to action. And to grow a following, you sometimes need call to action. So maybe it's, hey, I'm gonna be posting every single day, so you know, maybe follow. Yeah. I post at this time. Um, at the end of all my videos, I say, go subscribe to my channel or go grab a copy of my free book. Those are calls to action and they help to build your audience and they help to you know, basically give you a guaranteed pool of people you can reach out to. If you don't do that, then every piece of content is fleeting and you're just hoping people will interact with it. But again, never let your CTA overrule the content. Never let it cheapen the content or make it worthless, you know, or less enjoyable. Uh, and that may be all I have. Ooh, actually one question. What makes you not follow someone? Me personally? Yes. Um, let's see, well, I follow some photographers I follow people I personally know. I suppose if they just stop posting things I care about, like maybe I followed them for a certain type of content. Mm -hmm. If they start, they don't really do that anymore. Then eventually I'll just be like, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on, on social media personally. Right. So what that means is that I just, I don't want to bother scrolling through things I'm not likely to do anything with. Okay. And uh, that's basically it. I don't really follow enough. I guess if they do something that I find like, in bad taste and I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I, I don't want to support you as much anymore. I just, 
get rid of yeah. it because you know I don't want to follow a lot of people anyway. So for me, maybe it's a little different because I'm following like seventy five people. Yeah, I mean I don't follow that many people either. When I I wanted to ask this question because the number one thing that will cause me not to follow someone, and this is pretty specific to Twitter, is if I look at their feed and I see nothing but links. Oh, yeah. You know what? Because I don't use Twitter a lot. Well, I, I respond to things. So I'll, I'll respond eventually, like Instagram. Yeah. But I don't post a lot or read the news feed timeline thing. Oh, and that yeah, makes yeah. sense because on Instagram, you can't really spam links. Not really, no. They don't let you put links in that are linkable. Yeah, on unless Instagram. You're, unless you're like a business and, you know, you know, requirements. I feel like on Instagram, it's less important. I guess from the perspective of somebody coming to your profile and considering whether or not to follow you, if they're there already, on Instagram, it's less important that you are interacting with other people than it is on Twitter. If I go to your profile and I see nothing but posts and you're you're not interacting with anybody, then I'm like, I don't want to follow them. Unless it's like the rare person where I, I really just want to see their content, like boosted boards. I don't care if Boosted Boards is, is yeah, replying to people. Yeah, you're not hanging out with Boosted Boards. I just want to see cool skateboarding pictures. I follow specialized mountain bikes on Instagram because I want to see cool mountain biking pictures. That's it. But if you're an individual, I want to see some interaction because I'm following you, hopefully with the intention to some at some point interact with you. That's That's me. That's fair. So that's a reason why I wouldn't follow somebody. I think I would probably, like with Twitter in mind, I totally didn't even consider it, but... I would probably unfollow people who were being really, really beggy about like, please yes. pay attention to me, please, yeah. please. And I'd be like, I don't, this is reverse strategy for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I also, I, I try to think about what I'm delivering with every, every piece of anything I put out there. So whether it's a tweet or a post on Instagram or a podcast, which means that you're usually not gonna see me complaining on Twitter unless I think it's like funny. Yeah. Like so I may like a lot of negativity. I may like make a complaining tweet about Adobe premiere, but I'm trying to make it funny. Like I'm not just going to be like, I'm really mad at premiere right now. And that's it. I don't there know. Maybe I've negative done it in the vibes past, in the world. You know, you don't, we don't yeah. need to share more. I try not to spread negativity unless it's like a joke or there's, you know, there's an opportunity to make people laugh about it. Cause like, I think complaining can help people connect in certain times but i'm never gonna be like Ugh, just too tired today guys don't want to do anything like i don't know that i only want to connect with that. people based on negative things you know i want to like the same things as people not just yeah. hate the same things as people yeah yeah i mean you know it's going to be like 99 percent positive content yeah. but you may see me like me poking fun now like it's it's more lighthearted, so it's better yeah. than if you were just like being super like weirdly sincerely mad right yeah you're never going to be perfect because you're a fallible human. But I try to think, like, what am I delivering to people with this tweet? Is it just purely selfish or or is somebody going to get something out of it? Yeah. And I think that's helpful, you know. Um, if you ever have a viral tweet, make sure to link your SoundCloud up in the Always replies. Always link you your SoundCloud. Do that. that's Otherwise, what I, that's what I hear. How are people going to find your internet rap? They're not. So step one have a viral tweet, uh, and step two, SoundCloud. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I think we covered it pretty well. We didn't get too much into a ton of individual networks. I mean, we talked a little bit about Twitter, we talked about Instagram. I guess one thing that I wanna say before we wrap up is 
uh, make sure that you are interacting with other people, especially when you have a small following. That is how you get the ball rolling. So be sharing other people's work on Twitter. Uh, be commenting on photos on Instagram. Don't just be putting things out there. Social yeah. media is about being social. So you have to give attention as well as try to receive it. So be posting good things, but also be interacting. And remember that this is a slow process. I've been doing college and Vogue for eight years. And that's a bit. You might look at my Instagram and be like, whoa, he has a thousand more followers than last week, which is awesome. But you know what? I've had Instagram for eight years. Yeah. And for the most part, it was like I got five followers in the last month. So there's like this this logarithmic curve that often happens when you start to get some notoriety, but nobody gets to see the point on the graph that's much, much, much longer and much less exciting. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. You know, I know people who get frustrated when they lose a follower or they haven't grown for a while, but it's life, you know, work harder. <laughs> yep. Something and, like uh, that. Prioritize your mental health. Okay. Your social media following and the fact that you have 760 followers instead of 761 is not a reason to be frustrated. And it can be tough. You know, it can be tough to, to not feel that. And it can be tough yeah. to, you know, maybe get a negative comment and not feel bad about it. Oh yeah. So well, that's that's why don't don't let this be your only source of like validation that you get for your work if possible. Yeah. yeah. Either because you sincerely enjoy it so much that it couldn't be enough to take it away from you mm -hmm. or you do something else to show people in real life. Like if social media is your end all be all, it's yeah. quite a risk. In fact, we, I think one of the first things that you should try to use social media for is to start to build stronger relationships with people who share your values and then take those relationships to other platforms where you can chat more freely. So maybe join a Discord server or Facebook chat, or if you're in a local area, actually meet up, do Skype chats, have a Jedi Council, all that kind of stuff. So that way you're not only getting feedback from social media because that can be a, a mental health killer. Yeah. So I think that about covers it. Um, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on social media, guys. <laughs> That's how you do it. You tell everybody you know how to get a lot of followers, and then you just tell yeah. them to follow you. Bam, now you have a lot of followers. So people look at you, and they say, hey, they have a lot of followers. I should watch their thing on how to get a lot of followers. Yeah. It's recip. It's like recursive. My new YouTube channel is about how to grow a YouTube channel. You just keep getting followers. Channel. I got one subscriber. It's my mom. You but should, if you guys subscribe, you should then, trust it. Well, then, then you'll be able to trust me, right? Then you'll know the answers. Duh. You got to learn them first before you can tell them to everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Maybe don't start uh, how to blog like an expert blog when you have never blogged before. Yeah. I saw a lot of those beat when I was a blogger. I guess I am still kind of a blogger. But yeah. There's a weird sort of recursive yeah. business model where you tell people that here's the secret to doing something. The secret to doing it is to tell people you have the secret to doing it. Yeah, it's, go learn how to make sausage before you launch a sausage-making course. Yeah. You know, or you launch a different the, course. You get the meat grinder. You, you get the little bag things. I don't know. <laughs> They're plastic <laughs> grocery bags, now, actually. For $10 extra, you can add on the vegan chorizo module to our course. There is some differences that you're going to want to know. Uh, that does sound so, like there'd be differences. There are some big differences. Anyway, guys, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, I'm Tom Frankly in most places, Twitter and Instagram at the very least. And you are? Yo Martholomew. Yeah. 
Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, Facebook.com slash Thomas is another thing as well. And I'm guessing that you already follow me on YouTube because I don't know. Actually, I would love to know if uh, you only follow the podcast and you don't follow the YouTube channel. I've always been, I've always had this implicit assumption that like everyone on the podcast comes from YouTube, but that's probably not true. I'm sure some people have found us just like scrolling through iTunes or, yeah. I don't know, listening to uh, those weird forest radio stations where they just speak numbers and maybe sometimes the operator just got bored and put our wanna, podcast on. I don't want to think about those. Nine, seven, four, three, two, one. Those are those are really weird. I think they're just like encrypted codes for spies to get messages from like they're the encrypted codes for ghosts or Tom. ghosts, ghost spies, basically spy ghosts. That's the name of my next movie. I don't have a movie currently, but my first movie is going to be called Spy Ghosts. Yeah, they're actually the best spies because they can go through walls and they're invisible. Yes. Why have we not been employing ghosts as spies this whole time? Follow-up question to that. Have we been employing spies as, ghosts as spies the whole time? Because if we have been, I wouldn't have known about it because they're that good at not being detected. Yep. Food for thought. <laughs> anyway, earlier in the episode, we uh, talked about how we now have a Discord server. So if you don't know what Discord is, it's basically a really, really good real-time chat platform. So if you've ever chatted with somebody on Skype or Slack or Facebook chat, it's kind of like that, but better. And we now have a official College Info Geek Discord server where you can talk with other people about academics and learning, about productivity, career tips, all kinds of stuff. Um, We've got a study music channel that you can join, listen to study music with other people. It's all, it's been really fun to set it up. And best thing about Discord is it's totally free. There's absolutely no cost to join. So if you want to join up, collegeinfogeek.com slash discord is the URL for that. Otherwise, you can find the show notes for this episode at cigpodcast.com slash 225, right? Am I right about that or am I wrong about that? Um, I feel like... Two- I feel iffy about that number. Is that true? No. I skipped the number. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't seem right. CIGpodcast.com slash 224. There it is. If you go to 225, you're either going to get nothing or you're going to get next week's episode, which yeah. is also going to have a lot of stuff in the show notes. But if you want yeah, to learn about... don't forget to go to 225 next week. Yeah, go to that one next week. But if you want to know about the social media stuff, if you want to follow some of the people we mentioned and analyze their tactics, all that kind of stuff, you're going to want to go to CIGpodcast.com slash 224. Or if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, you can find the description link below or wherever it is on screen and click that and check it out. Last but not least, you can find our resources pages where you can see our college packing guide, our essential books that we recommend for all students, and all kinds of other great gear to make you a more productive person over at collegeinfogeek.com resources. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you in next week's episode. Stay cute. Upgrade gonna get his money.